What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have a draft, a draft of the greatest rivalries in powerlifting. Joey Bagadonis joins us again. Of course, we had Solana Lewis on. Steve Denobi and I talk about what we believe to be the greatest drafts or greatest rivalries in powerlifting history in a draft form. So snake draft, five rounds. We talk about them. The conversations got fun. Maybe we stuck to the script. Maybe we didn't. You're going to have to listen and find out. Make sure you are subscribing to Two White Lights on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think about the show, but just make sure it's five stars. You can even make fun of us. We don't care. Make sure it's a five-star rating. Also on Spotify as well, leave a five-star rating there. Subscribe to both. Go on twowhitelights.com. Subscribe there, and also check out the shop. We have merchandise dropping. We got those hoodies dropping very, very soon. When this episode is released, I believe those hoodies will be released as well. So make sure you're on the site, and also check out the other merchandise we have. And... Without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Yeah, just saying this one gets some Ooh, baby, I like it, boy. Yeah, baby, I like it, boy. promise we are here to do another draft it's been a while it's been a while and we had the draft the original draft winner the OG draft contestant Joey Bagadonis and of course Solana Lewis and we are going to draft the best rivalries in powerlifting and I think we could all speak for each other here that it was almost immediate regret because it sounds like a cool topic but then he realized that powerlifting doesn't have a whole lot of compelling rivalries because powerlifters are kind of dull about certain things. It's not even dull. It's the fact that as I researched, it was so incredibly hard to find people who continually went head to head in the same meets and weight classes on a continual basis. Like oh, most of the ones that like, I'm going to throw one out there. Hack versus Gibbs may be one of the most famous ones of all time. They competed once. Yep. One time. Like, yes, that's a rivalry, but we're not talking like Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning that played each other for 15 years and met in the playoffs 10 times. Like, it was so hard to find people that competed year after year, whether it was people changing weight classes, people stopped powerlifting, uh, whatever it was. It was so hard to find. I, I think I have 14, 14 rivalries that are legitimate where they actually faced off head to head more than twice or two times or more. And then that's just set, like, if we go to the untested side, it was pitiful. Untested has nothing. Like, it has, like, three, maybe three, because no one goes head-to-head -head because they're all scared and they dodge each other, and that's been a thing for a while now. Two, like, we usually just have outliers in any weight class, and there's not really much competitiveness in the weight class. Like, it's not like it, like, it would be cool if we got Hack versus LeHue head-to-head in 181, but that time has passed. Hack is 220 now, and LeHue's still 181. And then it's just been, it's a rarity that we actually see longevity to these head-to-head -head battles. There's some, some probably not even as hyped as others, even though they actually probably are battle rivalries, but it, it's an interesting one. It's a, I, I hope this becomes something we can see more of. 
and be consistent with these rivalries. But this was tough. This was way tougher than I thought it would be. Yeah, and also the th- yeah. I think one of my go ahead, Joey. I was just gonna say I think one of the reasons that there's less on the un side is because the ultimate prize on the untested is to chase a big cash prize. Well, if you have three or four meets that have a cash prize and you don't think you can beat somebody, you'll just go to the other meet with a cash prize and go try to collect a check. I think that's one of the biggest issues in the untested powerlifting side right now is there's no ultimate, like, this is the meet and you'll end up with competition. The tested side you have built in, in whether it's raw match or IPF, um, where you can have that opportunity where you, if you want to be the best, you just have to show up. But on the untested side, you're just comparing dots anyway, so you don't have to go to a certain meet for that. Yeah, it's even point. tough, too, because, like, let's say, let's say I was trying to, like, look at, like, people going against dots because, like, let's throw out weight classes out the window because it really doesn't happen in untested as weight class battles. Even doing dots, it's very rare we're seeing people that are actually close going head-to-head because it's been hacked forever. Before that, it was Belkin. And then it was, it was Mariana or Shakira. Like it was the same people that would just win until they decided they didn't want to compete anymore or do something. Like we've never really had too many close battles in those top money meets anyways. But yeah, I agree. Like every, every single time we think we're going to get that meet that joins everyone on the untested side, either one, something political happens or two, people are just going to look for other meets because like, why go compete at the American pro if John hacks just going to win? Like what's the point? Yep. Yeah, and then also just defining rivalries, too, is a little bit contentious. Like, I'm looking at things that lifters are close. They competed against each other head-to-head, but what defines a rivalry? Like, is there an actual animosity? Are they actually trying to beat each other? Is there a goal in mind to beat that singular person? Like, that, I think the sport hasn't fully developed, even though it has happened, and there are great examples of this, but the sport isn't developed enough where somebody is – consistently trying to beat a person but i think in the next two or three years we're gonna have different conversations because i think power lifters are becoming more competitive and they're becoming and they're treating this more like a professional sport with where they're where they are hyper hyper focusing themselves on a particular person like the past two years i think just in the usapl we've seen some actual weight class rivalries start to blossom and i think they're going to continue to go and that you know is going to help or it's going to uh propel other people to get involved in well as well but you know i'm just trying to think of like the past there's a lot of people you can draw on but it's not some of them are just not true rivalries in in sense i i mean i'm going to somewhat disagree there to an extent there's rivalries in the past the issue is the longevity of people competing because when you don't make any money in a sport how long can you dedicate the amount of time it takes to be a high level power lifter for years on end like are, are you going to do this for 15 years like bill in the nba or the nfl or major league baseball probably not there's not very many people who can actually dedicate that kind of time because they eventually have families they have a kid they have a full-time job and priorities to take over um the hope is where I don't disagree is maybe there's the hope that we finally get to the point where people can start having more longevity in the sport. But there's a lot of great rivalries that I found from, well, we'll talk about the parameters here because we made very specific parameters too. From the parameters we talked about, there's some great rivalries that I had that I'm like, I didn't realize this only was like one time and then it was done. Like it just, it just, how many times people just kind of shifted or dropped off or like people switch weight classes. Now we have the split of USAPL and IPL. It was just too many people just not sticking with it. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so what are these parameters, Steve? Okay, so 
2014 to present. We did that specifically because that's when USAPL Raw National started. And that's probably about our basis of knowledge on rivalries, because uh, yep. if we did all time, we are going to get absolutely shafted or just destroyed by all the people that are going to come back and be like, what about this person in 1974? They had 10 <laughs> battles at, at IPF Open Worlds and went to the World Games and competed twice. And they, yeah, I don't know any of them. We, we don't. We, we, need, we need someone from back in those ages to, to talk about that. And we're not going to have them on because, frankly, let's just be honest. Uh, our listeners are the age demographic of 18 to 25, and they don't know who those people are anyway, so they don't really care. 2014 to current, to current, which we'll call modern day powerlifting of like the, of the, the uprise of it, which is one. I really think the untested side, too, but USAPL in particular and IPF, that's when uh, Raw National started. And I think IPF Worlds is around 2000. I, I think Raw or... Might be wrong on that to an extent. It's about the time frame. Uh, it can be tested or untested. Doesn't matter. Um, and and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I, I, did I miss it? anything else? I thought there was one other thing I said. I can't remember. It's raw. Raw only. Oh, raw only. Yeah, we're not doing equips because, again, uh, don't have as much knowledge on that side. Even though, you know what? The greatest there's rivalry a few, there's a few good raw is... Blaine versus that one dude from I was like Russia or yeah, Europe. Yeah, I was gonna say though, limiting to Raw, like, like that was that was a terrific rivalry. That it, I, I one, it had a lot of really good moments, and Blaine, you know, acted like the the professional sportsman of really getting to his competition. Like that was that was cool, and the shit talk I think still continues. Like I don't know, are, are we excluding Raw with raps too? No, I mean, on the untested, I'm calling that raw, too. Raw okay. with wraps was fine for the untested side. Go with it. Okay. So, all right. So, we're going to do a random order, which is somewhat random. I am drafting first because I have been volunteered to do so because apparently everyone else is too scared to go first because uh, of this topic being so difficult to research. And I have been volunteered to do that, um, to be the guinea pig of who who is going to decide what's the greatest rivalry of all time. I still don't know what I'm going to do because I have no idea how to power rank this. So... After me, in second, is Joey. All right. In third, or drafting third, is... Why is this... This is great radio. Steve is struggling with the post. Well, because there's post-it notes that are stuck together in the sticky part. Why are they stuck together? Number three is the real Angelo Fortino. Yep. (laughs) It's the fake ones. And then that means... That means number four is... Or she could be. Who knows? Who knows who the real Angelo Fortino was? They seem to no know Steve Please. quite well. So I'm looking at both of you two. Joey, it could be Steve. Who created that? Yeah. That one wasn't me. That person couldn't speak English. Did I piss off some Middle Eastern? What did I do? I don't know. Whoever said was had very, like, I shouldn't say did, couldn't speak English, but they had trouble forming sentences. Ah, shit. Hopefully so, Angelo, which of your friends have trouble forming sentences? Well, Gage, All of them. Yeah, Gage could barely speak. And write properly, so there's that. Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, pretty much all of them. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's do it. I'm I'm drafting first, and the tough part here is like I'll kind of give some caveat to what we're all gonna debate is like rivalries in sports usually have some type of hatred, like Bears versus Packers. Mm. Use that one. That doesn't. And I want to say a caveat here. That doesn't mean. One team can't dominate because the Bears versus the Packers is a rivalry, but the Bears get torched constantly. Like, it's, it's, Aaron Rodgers yeah, owns us. Yeah, but, like, rivalries, uh, this is going to be me 
defending the Bears here. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers owns, but, like, there's always, like, that era where there's this complete domination from another team. Like, the 80s and 90s, the Bears were kind of destroying the Packers up until Brett Favre. But, like, I don't know. Team rivalries, I think, are different from individual rivalries because I'm thinking more so along the lines of, like, individual sports like UFC or boxing where you only are going to get, like, three or four matchups tops out of that. Yeah, that's true. It, it sometimes there's hatred, but sometimes it's just because two people are very, very good. They go head to head, and so on, and so forth. So it's it's debating like where where do you put the most stock? Is it the longevity of it? Is it the appeal of it? So I think I'm gonna have to go with my first overall, Daniela versus Amanda. Yeah, that would have been my one. Good pick. Uh, there wasn't significant longevity to it. They had two matchups. They went head to head at 2018. Raw Nationals, mm-hmm. and Daniela won, and it was close. Like, we all, that was a very close battle. Daniela won. And then they go head-to-head at IPF Worlds, and they total the same thing. Our, it, it, there's a lot of controversy behind that uh, because there were some odds attempt selection on Daniela's side, and they ended up tying, and Amanda wins on body weight. And we never eventually got, like, the third matchup that everyone wanted. But, I mean, still to this day, I think that's the most viewed YouTube video of any powerlifting matchup ever it's got like a million something views on youtube um the frankly i mean i don't think this is a secret there was some animosity there i don't think they're best of friends mm-hmm. um so there was a legitimate rivalry between them that they they wanted to beat each other um and they are still to this day i mean if we i mean amanda and Pris- and leah are and we have kind of tiffany kind of entering that chat now have been the three best lifters in the world if daniella had stuck with it we'd be, we'd be in the same thing like it wasn't just the two best in the weight class at that point, they were the two best female power lifters on the tested side in the entire world in the same weight class, going head to head, totaling the exact same thing on the biggest stage um, with animosity and kind of some some back end stuff that had some some drama to it. So I, I think I have to go with that as the all time biggest rivalry. Add in the fact that both of them have 100,000 plus followers, just everything that leads into it. Wasn't the longest rivalry, but in the time it happened, I think it was the best rivalry. Well, and you could argue that Amanda pushed Danny out of the sport for a couple of years. You could argue when Amanda beat Danny that that prevented she disappeared from powerlifting for almost three years, and now she's back into it. But I think part of that was she realized she couldn't beat Amanda and the animosity that was there. I don't know if I'll agree there. There's some other stuff that I'm not going to say on the podcast. Yeah, you can ask me oh, afterwards, okay. but I don't. I don't think that's, <laughs> that's why. That's, I don't think that's why that's Daniel. The only fans content of uh, two white lights. Um, but I, yeah, because I mean, going into the time machine in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, um, I even without me knowing that there was a potential animosity there, there was a legitimate rivalry where they were trying to beat each other, and it was a very competitive uh, culture or competitive setting that they were in. I was still looking at that as the best rivalry in powerlifting because it couldn't get any more perfect. Two of the most prominent female figures in the sports, um, and I still think today both of them are two of the most prominent female figures, going head-to-head, like Steve said, world stage, best in the world, weight class battle as well. They were separated by almost nothing. They totaled the same exact thing. On body weight, it was so minuscule that it gave – Amanda one win, Daniela had one win, and then we really wanted that third. Like going in and raw nationals in Lombard, I was I I wanted to see them go at it a third. That was what I was looking forward to the most. 
was that. And then I found out Daniela wasn't competing and not even like really prepping for nationals. And I was like, eh, okay, that kind of sucks. That's a letdown. And that was it. Like that's all you saw from it. That and we were kind of robbed of that in the powerlifting world because that would have been a fantastic trilogy between those lifters. And I'm sorry, like that was. I watched IPF Worlds for a variety of reasons. Steve Gokes said it was when I started watching powerlifting, and it kind of was. And that was the highlight for me by far, was Daniela Mello versus Amanda Lawrence. Like, not even close. That's what I was glued to, in spite of Russ Orhe beating Gibbs. Taylor Atwood's big performance. Um, Daniela and Amanda was the best show of that of that Worlds. Yeah, no, it makes it juicier is them both having the same coach. So definitely everyone the whole time is like, what are you going to do? Like, what's going to happen? And they can still argue, like, did the coach favor one? Like, it's just fun. You know what's funny? I just assumed, naturally assumed, like, oh, they're probably just best friends. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're the same coach? Yeah, I just thought that. Because, I mean, I don't, I, at the time, didn't know any of them, really knew no one in the sport. I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, they got the same coach. And, you know. They seem to hang out. Same weight class. Yeah, like, why wouldn't they be the same country? Like, why wouldn't they be really good best friends? And then, They have like, pajama parties together. Yeah, yeah, like, they, they have slumber parties. They're just hanging out. They're, you know, uh, and then I, I, I have both of them on the show. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you're, you're in two white lights, and people tell you things, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess uh, I was wrong on that. It wasn't public. None of it was public until, like, now Now I think so much time has passed that it's kind of been somewhat, like, leaked publicly. Yeah, I, I think if they had had that third matchup, it wouldn't even be, like, a question. Like, we'd be this would be, like, asking who's the go to powerlifting, and we just, it's always Hack and, Hack and Ed Cohn. If they had had that third matchup and had the trilogy, I think that would have set it in stone as, like, no debate. It was the greatest ever. Yeah, and so, really going into Joey? nationals, I thought... Daniela oh, go was going to win. I'm, yeah, just going to nationals, I thought Daniela was going to win. So a little disagreement between uh, Joe Bags and I there, too. Like, I thought Danny was going to win going into that nationals just based on what he did at Worlds. But then, like, I, I didn't think there was a prep even for place. Like, I was just assuming that things were going to go well. I, like, assume powerlifters just would always be amazing, like, no matter what. Like, nothing would go wrong. No one ever has a bad meet. Yeah, no one ever has a bad meet or, like, they Never. don't, like, get injured at all. Nice study and climb up. Yeah. All the time. All right, Joey. All right. All right. I'm going to go, and this is uh, probably the only current or very recent one I'm going to go, but honestly, I just feel like I have to pick it because it's up there, is Celine and Natalie. Um, they, we did get the final third battle. Now, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I, was, I understand why they were no longer in the exact same weight class, but I was bummed. I like seeing the head-to-head at nationals, obviously, with the dramatic bomb out of Natalie. Um, on deadlifts um, I, I think both of them have really come out at the same time in popularity and notoriety and both their strength is unreal um, I, I don't know if we if we found out if Natalie's going IPF or not but I do it seems like she is okay yeah which that that kind of uh, maybe at least for a little while the end the Carolina Prompta may have been the temporary end of that head-to-head rivalry that I think was really really fun to watch for those three battles and to clarify, that was the fourth. Oh, they went fourth. head to okay. head. They went head to head at the South Carolina State Championships in 2020. Natalie won there. Then Natalie won Carolina Primetime 2020. Yeah, 2020. And then Celine wins 
2021 Raw Nets or 2022 Raw Nats. Am I right on this? I might be back. No, 2021 yes. Carolina yes. primetime. 2021 Carolina primetime. Yeah. 2021 yes. Carolina primetime. And then 2022 Raw Nats, Celine wins. And then you, you could almost call Carolina primetime too a split because Celine totaled more, but Natalie dots more. Like it depends on what you cared about. Like it's almost kind of like a little bit of a split there. So. Mm-hmm. yeah that one's tough it's almost like i feel like that's almost too fresh like sometimes nostalgia kind of makes a rivalry better but I, I definitely can see how we're going to look back on this one as like of this little era of like this two-year span of that really probably being the best rivalry we had in the sport in 2021 and 2022 yeah it's definitely really dramatic too just like to watching and in person at raw nas this or mega nationals this year everyone's a lot more people were deciding towards Natalie and then that was just like no one expected the bomb out and on top of that Celine goes nine for nine after like having a wedding like two weeks before and like cutting weight and it was just like to know all the stuff going into it before the meet that made it even better Mm -hmm. yeah I agree on that too and then also like it's also a regional thing too just the fact that it's the Carolinas one region they get to compete against each other often um and that's Something that I would expect to happen more, like in the you know the state of Texas, there's so many good powerlifters, but they that's where that's where Marshall and uh, that's where Marshall and Megan did a fantastic job with Carolina Primetime is they made a meet where those people like could compete against each other frequently, and they have good meets where they can compete against each other frequently, um, and they find it worth it because a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to do the Arnold, I'm going to do Nationals, and then if you're a really good lifter, you're going to do Worlds. That was kind of the old model. So we got to see Natalie and Celine more times because of good local meets. And then we got to see them meet at nationals and they're the two best lifters in their weight classes at nationals. Um, I, it was like perfect timing, perfect regions. Granted, there's no animosity. Um, they seem to be very friendly with each other, but at the same time, like this is just good lifting. It's just good lifting, dramatic yeah. events and um, it, them being world-class lifters. So solid number two, is it my turn? Your turn. Yep, Angelo. Yep. All right, I have to dig deep in this one. I'm going to go Evan Cardon versus the legal age of consent. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I'm not going to use that as my one first overall pick, but keep it in the bookmarks. <sighs> Evan Cardon versus the legal age of consent and possibly a breathalyzer. Um, I'm going to go. Did you not do it? Wait, is that real or no? What? Why isn't it real? <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't do any research, did you? <laughs> we talked about this. We knew he didn't. <laughs> Wait, research on, I mean, it's real that it's a rivalry, but, you know, I'm going to leave the lifting stuff up to you guys, <laughs> but my number one, I think it's the best rivalry in the history of powerlifting. It might be fresh, but it's deep-rooted hatred here. USAPL versus IPF. That is the best rivalry okay. in powerlifting, and just because the split happened this year does not mean it was a good marriage. They fucking hated each other. These two federations and the people involved making decisions did not like each other. There was a lot of issues there. And based on what we've seen in the past year, it's like the perfect rivalry. They're trying to compete with each other to get lifters into their federation. They're making petty social media posts back and forth. What time do we get power lifters doing this to each other? The USAPL won an entire tirade. They did about four or five times. You got some... You know, like Powerlifting America, somewhat doing the same thing with certain things, like like subliminally, IPF. And then on top of that, the lifters kind of were involved too. There was that week of just lifters going back and forth internationally and the United States on who's in the right, who's in the wrong. 
I think it's a great rivalry. And you know what? I think people would go to war. You cannot convince me that Chance Mitchell will not go to war for the IPF. He, he will go to war so for the IPF. I'm realizing we made a mistake. <laughs> we said 2014 and on. We said raw only, and we said tested or untested. We did not clarify it had to be actual human beings. Did not. Very true. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it, Angelo, it, honestly, Angelo probably also likes this one because both the USAPL and IPF have gone after me this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Of, yeah. I mean, you're getting it from – I mean, I will use you as – it's good to you. I like how you're the scapegoat for actual serious things, and I'm the scapegoat for really stupid, petty things. Like, Brianni, Terry, and so, Joe Sullivan hate me, but the fucking USAPL and IPF hate Steve. <laughs> I feel like Steve, like, yeah. you're like the mistress. Like, they were married, and then they, like, got divorced, and you were, like, in the corner, and now they both, like, hate you. Yeah. like you I get the IPF the hating me. <laughs> I, I thought the USAPL wouldn't put a code of conduct policy on me for uh, saying something on two white lights that has no affiliation, yeah. which was the case, which is why that code of conduct uh, investigation had no merit and is done. But the fact that I actually went through and Priscilla actually put that through infuriated me. Yeah. So, yes, I'm at war. I'm at war with both. OK, well, we're going to be number one. That was that's the number. Steve one. versus the USAPL and IPF. Yeah. So the USAPL <laughs> okay. and IPF, the, the one thing they can come together with is the war against Steve. Yeah, that'll, that'll be that'll be we, great. We can bring them back together. Yeah, that'll be great if they united and they just reunified, and their reason was because they hate you. You would be a martyr <laughs> if that was the case. Like so many people want them to go back, you know, into the old ways, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, like attending national board meeting, like that one national board meeting where the talk of splitting it, it's like. There was there was like somewhat of shit talk going on at the national board meeting, like between like just people there with the IPF. There was always kind of a thing too with like what as as the relationship got more sour, more lifters started to be vocal about it. And then people on the IPF started to be vocal about it. I I don't know, like it's like powerlifting doesn't and get that I, wait, a lot, and we, it was we haven't even really talked about it, but I'll hint at it. Maybe when we get more factual information, we'll release if it's ha- the 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 extent of this. But the IPF hates the USAPL even more because now they're suspending people for a year from being able to do big IPF meets for doing a local USAPL meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Alleged allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly speaking, of course. But yeah. All right. That's my pick. My number one overall pick. Wait, real quick. Did you guys read the email from USAPL before the official split where whoever wrote the email and the USAPL called the IPF like gremlins? Like, it was, like, ridiculous. He was like, the IPF gremlins are trying to stop us from drug testing. <laughs> they did it, like, three you remember or four this? times. They did it, like, they, you remember that weird <laughs> social media post about, like, it was actually a good social media post, and then it turned into, like, weird insults. Like, this is, like, a middle school where you go to the popular kid's table, and they're like, you can't sit with us. I'm like, okay, what? what? What's happening? Like, what, why is that analogy doesn't really fly right now? I'm like, this is a, this is a press release, too, not, like, a social media blast i don't know what's going on and yeah they i'm sorry lifters don't do this to each other but federations did like that to me is a great rivalry granted ipf was like we're not gonna make any posts about this they did do that one subtle fuck you which is actually good where they just made that subtle thing like yeah if you don't follow wada standards you're gonna be suspended and it's like okay that was directed right to the usapl gaston's fed never made a post (laughs) <laughs> to the USAPL, but Gaston's American Fed made a post to me. So am I that special? You are. 
you are yes. you're the mistress you yeah. are the because, because they had to make the they had to make the press release about the uh, alluding to the corrupted summit to being non-wada compliant uh, well Solana. i'm just all salty right. so i'm making i'm making this all about me and yeah, yeah, I'm, well, just, yeah I'm salty on <laughs> you are this Steve. is so ridiculous okay all right all right oh Solana, are you picking actual humans you, I am picking. I don't have any non-humans in here, but maybe I'll come up with some by the end. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Steffi Cohen versus Mariana Gasparian. Excellent pick. I like this Great one pick. because 2018 Kern was insane, and Steffi won by like 0.9 Wilkes points. And then we get to come back in 2019. They're both actually in the same weight class that year because 2018 they were not the same weight class, but it doesn't really matter. And we're all expecting a massive meet. And then, like, Steffi did not have <laughs> the meet she wanted and was very vocal about how she was not happy about it. And um, it was just pretty incredible to watch. And also, how salty Steffi was after kind of made it more funny. So, <laughs> for me, that was one still, of the best. Still salty knows. to this day. Still I salty. Like, because, mm-hmm. again, that was back to, like, multiple matchups. They were close. I mean, two, the two best female lift. Well, we'll say this. Shakira Holcomb was kind of in that mix if we're going dots. But the difference is Steffi and Mariana were the same weight class in that singular yeah. meet. Because that was the whole thing, is that it was it was a weird political thing that you're not supposed to be allowed to change your weight class the day of the meet. You have to declare that prior, and Mariana just changed her weight class the day of the meet. Yep. And that's where Steffi got really mad. There were some big rivalries there, or big animosities between both camps. So that only added the field to the fire because they just didn't like each other. I think they also they also competed against each other at one of the tribute meets, but Shakira won that one. Yeah, I really yeah, like I that. have they competed against each other three times, and um, Mariana won two to one. So I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I really like that pick, especially with those reasons that you're mentioning. And again, that was um, I actually think we a very early episode of Two White Lights, like we watched it live of just what was happening, and it was compelling. It was something to watch. But then you find out the backstory behind it, and you know some political stuff, and Steffi not being happy about it, and didn't seem happy about it, and yeah, it, rivalries are better when you have a sense of animosity there. Like that's what makes competition better. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying that all rivalries should have that, but it clearly makes them better. Like, and that was one of the, that was one of the, um, the the first times I did see it, especially given the backstory, and also check out the first round, the the three human picks, all females. Hey. I would have not guessed the three that. human picks. The three human picks. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, shall I go again right away? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So this one was tougher because it's like, okay, do I care more about how often it happened or the actual people and how competitive it was? So I'm gonna go with how often it happened because it was repeat. I can't believe I'm the one saying it, but I'm gonna go with Sean versus Russ. I'll be the one to say it because it happens over and over and over again, even though and even on the podcast, people, they could sense that I was like rolling my eyes (laughs) this year while y'all were talking about (laughs) the matchup and y'all tried to say Sean would win and y'all were wrong. And I said he'd get there and I was right. But it has been year after year after year. They're not best buddies, which makes it a little bit better. And at the end of the day, it's like. You guys get a lot of high ratings every time this topic comes up. So people are clearly very interested, no matter what anyone says. Even if the people, the actual high-level lifters, competitors, are sick of hearing it, the people who are not competing in the meet are not sick of hearing it, obviously. No. So I don't I don't even think the high-level I think the high-level competitors know it's a rivalry. Yeah. 
I mean, oh, no, I'm just saying, like, be... we're, we're the ones who are annoyed by okay. hearing it, but like the actual fans are not annoyed, just like we are. Annoyed. Oh, because <laughs> Russ and Sean have their fanboys that are just diehard, either way, but yeah. no matter what you agree on. And I, I agree, because like, yes, Sean hasn't beat Russ, but you cannot deny that it's arguably one of the greatest rivalries in powerlifting history because of the longevity, because of some of the, the animosity. They used to have the same coach and they don't anymore. And, um, the, I mean, I, I guarantee if you ask Russ, he can, he, I think he considers it a rivalry because that, that's the thing. It's like, obviously Sean does. Sean's trying to beat Russ, but the thing where people argue like, Oh, it's not even close. Russ wipes the floor every time. I guarantee if you ask Russ, it's a rivalry because guess what Russ plays on a TV when he works out. He plays videos of Sean. I was going to say too. I mean, I don't want to give you like too much inside baseball, but if you train with Russ just a little bit, not even if there's a TV on with Noriega on the TV, you know, he, I mean, he said it on the podcast. He he always brings it up. He brings it up, and we all know what he's talking about. Yeah. Like, occasionally be another lifter here and, and again, there, but we all know what he's talking about, and that's not very common. So it is a rivalry, and, yeah, it is one of the better ones because of how much attention it gets. And I'm going to – I'm 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 not going to be honest. I'm going to – like, I like talking about that one, and it's always better just to think that Norrie's going to win. I think I'm just addicted to that, like thinking that he's going to win because it just, it's fun to discuss. Like it's, it's kind of my version of like MJ and LeBron just in a way, like it just people like to go back and like back and forth, back and forth. And I think they're just addicted to it at a point. They're addicted to the debate. I just like thinking no, that Angelo, gonna beat Russ. It, it is, it is much more like the bears versus Packers because just like you and Steve always want Sean to win. Yeah. You always want the bears. Well, to win hold and on. They just won't do hold it. On. I don't always want Sean to win in fairness. I want both of them to suck so I could win. Like that's my, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want Sean to always win this year. I picked him to win. I want my take to be right. Kinda, but I would much rather than both go four for nine and me win that. That was the desired outcome for, uh, for the rivalry this year, but I don't, I just, I, it's just fun. It's, it's fun. There's to still, still polar it's opposites in their lifting styles too. Yeah. Part of the great. fun. They, very true. If they were the same lifter, it's not as fun. It's because they're so polar opposite. It, it makes, I mean, Sean is the ultimate wild card of powerlifting. Russ is the ultimate, just he lifts like you're supposed to mm-hmm. with the, the normal squat, conventional deadlift. I mean, I don't want to call it a no arch bench because he arches, but like a, a more normalized bench. Yeah. It, it, it's a perfect rival. And it, honestly, again, it, just like I said, Daniela and Amanda, if there was, if they had a third, it would be a no brainer. If Sean had ever beat Russ, that would have been the no brainer first overall pick, like zero to about debate. Mm. And it's not done. I'm going to, yeah, Sean's going to 90, but it's not done. I'm You're putting air quotes. Does that mean it's not going? What's the air quote? Did we put a I, bet I over? Said what I, I, Joey, we should have put bets on this over under how long it was going to take Sean to come back to 82 and a half. Well, we'd how be, many we, months? We'd be on age. We still I, I'm not, there, there is no decision, but I. Yeah, I, but I, we got to set an over under. <laughs> I'm just saying we got to, we got to make that bet still, but yeah, it's not done. What, what percentage, you want, so great, what percentage are you wanting to give on over under? How much months? What do you mean? Like we got, I mean, we got to talk about like when he announced it. A per- percentage, percentage chance, how many months before he, he goes back? A percentage chance he sticks with it. No, you got to do months. How, how long is he actually going to stick with? No, because that, that one doesn't, doesn't work necessarily because that was never part of the point. Okay. Well, so I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll set it at I mean, six and a half months. Op- I think he was open about this. Like he was going to 90 and he 
either one, he's going to stay there, or two, at minimum, he wants to spend time at a heavier weight, a la like a Jamar and Russ does in the offseason, to be able to spend time at a weight where he can get stronger at a faster rate. And then from there, he's going to decide if he wants to stay 90 or 82. That's always kind of been what he's said he's going to do. It was never like, like there was never like he, he wants to get there no matter what to see what happens strength wise, very much like Russ goes up to 200, Jamar goes up to 200 and they cut back down and try and maintain that strength. So it's not about months. It's about like chances that he, he does actually stick there. Okay. Well, we're, well, you know, it's a great thing. And we'll go on to next pick next year. Raw nationals rolls around. We're just going to do the same graphic, just rust for Snorri and just <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> just, just do it. Piss off a bunch of people at this point. Like now it's trolling. But then, like, or maybe make two graphics, one for Russ and Nori, and then two, like, add all the 82 and a halves. Watch that one get, like, 700 likes, and the Russ for Snorri one getting, like, 3,500 likes. We got we to gotta do this. I Perfect think. I guarantee. I, I think if if Jamar actually does 82, that picture could potentially get more likes nope. than Russ for No? Nope. No, no. It's just something that Jamar, really something Jamar different. Jamar needs to have the no, most. It's not about something. Family. It's not about something different. It's not about something but, different. It's about you can put me on the thing. It's the same thing. Rivalry. If you put me and Russ, it's on about the, the fanboys. Yeah, it's about the fanboys. Like Nori and Russ have the fanboys. Jamar has fans, but they're normal people. <laughs> they're normal. <laughs> they're just you know All they right. they like Jamar. They they're like he's a good guy, and then like nor it's different. Like they have kind of a cult. All right, who's up next? You are. You, oh, you are. Oh, um, I'm oh gonna God. go with Derek Thistleweight first. The breath belt. Reason being, <laughs> Derek Thistleweight first. The breath belt got him kicked out of a meet. It could have been him and Joe Sullivan, but really he directed most of that shit talk towards the breath belt. And that was more like the area of criticism. If you go back into it, he wasn't really criticizing Joe Sullivan a whole lot. It was more so directed at the breath belt. And then that turned into him getting kicked out of the showdown meet. And I think that's a terrific rivalry because that's animosity. If I've ever seen it, we never got to see the true matchup of a breath belt first Derek Thistleweight. I'm taking Derek Thistleweight. I got the smoke in that matchup. I think he's going to win. And um, it gave us the... Best month of content, I think, in Two White Lights history, just based on us watching it laughing. Because he was, in sense, not allowed to do the showdown because of the breath belt. And he pushed back. Thoughts? Push back because the breath belt is such a meme that, like, I don't know if there was an actual battle there. <laughs> like, the breath belt is one of the biggest jokes in all of powerlifting. The fact that that somehow made it into power, like, that, that's, a, like a, that's like a... Uh, a pyramid scheme, multi-level marketing product that someone sells to their friends because they bought $5,000 worth of it. And now they've got to like find a way to say like, all my friends have to buy it. Like the It Works wraps. Somehow the breath belt made it into uh, powerlifting due to Joe Sullivan getting involved in multi-level marketing. Yeah, maybe. Sure. But I still think it uh, is a rivalry. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to use the other one. So that's my pick. Maybe you guys can... Take the other one that possibly can be used. Who's up next? I believe it's Joey. 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 I'm up next. This, this is a rebuttal to Solana's. This is the less popular option, but I think a better competitive rivalry, even if it doesn't have the animosity or clout. And that is John Gruden versus Sean, who have actually split battles, have competed against each other four times, and had in my, 
actually one of the battles that got when I first got into powerlifting at Junior Worlds, where Gruden barely beat Sean. And Gruden's actually won three of uh, beaten Sean three of the four. They competed each other, and the only time Sean's beaten Gruden was this last on Nationals, where Gruden's goal was not to be Sean; it was to be Angelo. My my issue there is the majority of the time you're talking about those battles, they are not battling for first place in an open class. Yeah, I, and, I, I guess. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you in two of those meets, in two of those meets, Sean, I don't say Gruden didn't care, but Sean wasn't looking at Gruden. He was only looking at Russ. Yeah. So therefore they, they weren't, they weren't looking at each other. Like I, the only time they ever, I would say they went head to head for an overall win and cared about each other solely was at Junior Worlds. And I agree, that's a crazy one. The 2018 National, it honestly was a mistake. I don't know, so I'm not going to say too much about what happened, but that was a mistake that uh, it, it was completely overlooked that Gruden was even there and it was forgotten about Gruden. And so therefore, Sean, like, they, they thought he got second until the, the awards got called. And then this year, obviously, Sean was looking at Russ and it was almost kind of like the, I don't want to say unfortunate, but like we weren't planning to have to battle against Gruden. And that was because of how bad the meet went. Mm. So yeah, my next pick, I'm going to go off on you, Joey, for the fact that you skipped over the pick I'm going to make for that one, even though I, I agree that was a good battle, but I, I don't know. You skipped over one that was very, very important that should be trumping that one for sure. All right, let's hear it. You know what it is. I know. I know. Russ versus Gibbs. That was almost my first overall whoa, pick. Oh, Russ versus Gibbs? Okay. I thought you were going to say a different one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no one agrees with you, Steve. Yeah, no. <laughs> Wait, Russ, Russ versus Brett Gibbs? Are I, you kidding me? I'm thinking of it. the other guy. I don't know if you heard of him. <laughs> have <you> guys, <laughs> Same. Have you guys heard of this guy? I hear I don't, you. I don't wanna, I don't there wanna... was a rivalry. No. One on one. Okay. I, I know what you're getting at there. You're getting at Hack versus Gibbs. That was one time. Yeah. And while that, okay, I'm, let me explain this. That was one time. And while that was arguably one of the greatest battles in history, it was one time. Russ versus Gibbs should have been a trilogy. And that trilogy was one of the most hyped up matchups ever in powerlifting history. Gibbs won the first time at IPF Worlds. Russ beat him the second time. And then they were supposed to meet at Sheffield. And that was that was the cornerstone of Sheffield. That was Gilded enough. Uh, I actually all wanted disagree to see with you on that Russ one. versus Gibbs. Well, all right. So I, all right. So I do agree with you in the sense that that was a big buildup, and it is kind of recency bias because, yeah, IPF Worlds. Going into IPF Worlds, the two guys that I knew the most were Gibbs and Russ, because of it's the totals they were putting up were insane. I actually thought Gibbs was going to win. And then, you know, Russ had a amazing, amazing performance, and he pretty much shut up all the haters that he had. And that that alone, like, makes it a great rivalry. But going into Sheffield, I was more so Gibbs and Atwood because it was based on formula. So that's what I was oh, looking no. for. Yes, yes. That's because you didn't watch powerlifting enough of that. Yes, point. I did. I had Russ on. He said he wasn't even looking forward to Sheffield. Take that, Russ motherfucker. Russ Gibbs was go, the highlight go, of Sheffield. Go into the episode. It, it, go into the quarantine there's still, episode. still the lore of what Gibbs was going to do at Sheffield because of how good his training sure, was. Sure, no, no, no. I'm, no we, Gibbs we still was get that, the highlight. We still get that post shared of that legend. What was it, like 875 yeah. he did in the gym? But it was on 
points. I thought Gibbs against Atwood was more of the thing because of formula. It was going to be based on formula, the meat. It was going to be a good battle. Don't get me wrong. And we we, we need to put we need trilogy. to we need to put this to a story because I well, I very much well, can, think all right, the I can't, highlight of the men's side because it was supposed to be Daniela and Amanda too. Sure, I believe sure. that was that was yes. another part of the trilogy that should have happened. That could have happened. Maybe it is but Russ versus Gibbs. And if you ask Russ, Russ Gibbs to this day is still I would say I think Russ is what he would call his biggest rival in the sense of like he still says Gibbs was stronger than him. Like he said that on multiple podcasts that that was the one person he ever competed against that he looked at that he was Gibbs was simply just stronger, but he was able to beat him that one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. It was definitely a hyped, you know, contest, and if they were ever going to meet at Sheffield, and then we were robbed of that, and. I, but I was kind of going in like thinking more of the broader scheme of Sheffield because it was to me it was Atwood, Russ, and Gibbs, and who would have the best formula to win the actual you know money going into that meet. So I wasn't really looking at those two. I was looking at the multitude of people. Um, yeah, but if Gibbs would have stayed healthy, then yeah, we're talking about a rivalry that's better than Hack and Gibbs. I don't know who's up next. Who was gonna. Is it you again, Steve? Maybe you could. It was Steve. Okay, so yeah. me can, again. So you can just say fucking hack, <laughs> hackers, kids. No. but I. No. But to I'm me, not, that I'm one battle. Taking, I'm not that one, one battle. Because, yes. But that if one that battle. Been, if that would have had. Go between ahead. Hack and Gibbs, I think Trump's the one battle Gibbs had with Russ, because it was amazing. I don't know. It was amazing, but I, 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 I am putting maybe a little bit more stock in longevity here. Like, I, I want to make sure I'm picking actual rivalries that happen more than once before I'm then trickling down to rivalries that were a one-off competition. Yeah. And That's fair. if I'm, if, if I am saying that my next pick is the epitome of that, because I honestly don't, I'm having to look this up again because I did not realize that they competed this much and they still compete head to head to this day. Jen Thompson versus Sam Calhoun. <laughs> yep. That are the, the issue is, is they're both super nice and they, they don't like, I don't think they talk up rivalry. But I was shocked. I mean, I knew they went head-to-head multiple times. I was shocked how many times they went to head-to-head and how many times they flipped back and forth who won. Like, I'm try- let me pull this up and see if I can go through this real quick without taking forever. So we've got 2000. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may even go back farther than this. 2016 Raw Nats, Jen Thompson wins. 2017 Raw Nats, Jen Thompson wins uh, by 15 kilos over Sam. 2018 Worlds. Jen Thompson beats Sam by only three kilos. 2018 Raw Nats. Sam wins on body weight. Sam wins, ties, and yes, wins on body weight. Then we get to 2019. I think that's when Sam starts to take, oh, starts to uh, build a little bit of a lead. But then I believe this year, obviously Sam won at Nationals. Jen comes back at Carolina Primetime, and I think she totals more than Sam did at Nationals. Did she really? Am I wrong on that? I think she did. I, I mean, I got I got to look this up. I don't know because again, there were so that. many here. There were so many here that it was always hard to keep track of of like times they battled. Okay, Jen totaled five eleven at Carolina Prime Time. Sam totaled five oh seven and a half at Nationals. The rivalry is still going on. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even think that one was a rivalry, but that's that's a fair argument. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking longevity, that may be the greatest rivalry in powerlifting ever. Because yeah. if you're talking Sean and Russ, there's a lot of hype behind it, but Russ is one every time. If you're talking longevity and literally have traded back and forth, 
at nationals at IPF Worlds, that we've seen gaps where Jen was way out in the lead. Then we saw Sam way out in the lead. And now Jen's totally more than Sam, albeit I think Sam is changing weight classes. So we might not see that this, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But yeah, that is one of the greatest like head to head battles we've seen in the last six years. I mean, it's gone on for six years now. I can get behind it. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is a funny, it's, Again, what qualifies as a rivalry? It's just something that's not hyped up on social media, and that's why no one was really talking about it. There wasn't cool graphics being made. The USAPL wasn't promoting it. You know, like it, and then it, it, it's it's a shame too because it's kind of past. You know, like Ken Thompson. It's no, this still going. Is total more than Sam. Well, I don't. But do you really? Are you gonna? It's say, not past. But are you gonna say though? Or but, but I don't know. Well, I mean, it would be great if it does, but. Ken Thompson for Sam Calhoun next time they meet. Are you going to say it's going to be close between the two? Yes. Okay. I've been wrong close. before. 100%. Yes, hey, put money on ooh, Sam. is this going to be a bet? Jen just totaled 5'11". Sam, Sam totaled at her best recently at a high at, when she was actually a weight class, like at the same weight class and not cutting. Sam totaled 5'15". That's four kilos. How is that not close? Okay. Yeah, I... Again, I agree. going in the competition, and then I saw it nationals this year. Sam Calhoun, you know, and like just Dent Thompson, I like progressing that total consistently, especially in eleven months. Like it's it's going to be difficult, but bookmark it, bookmark Here, it. Here's There's the a thing. Bet. I under if I had not looked into this, I would be doing the same thing as you, Angelo. It I I mean this just goes back to I don't even say because I've watched them throughout this entire time. I had no idea this battle because again, no one's hyped it up. It's never been something they've really talked about. I could not believe the extent of this battle once I actually looked into all the meets they've done. And now that I've actually looked at it, I'm like, holy cow, this, I mean, if, if this would ever been hype, this is the this is the best rivalry in powerlifting over the last six years. No, no. We're talking we're talking the national champion every year for the most part. We're talking IPF world's titles. I don't know. This, this one's pretty crazy. This one's pretty crazy that I I was shocked the extent of it until I, when, when I researched it. Joey. All right. Um, I'm not going to take the one that Angela essentially is layupped up because I'm also boycotting one time matchups for now until I don't have a choice. I'm going to go with the heaviest hitter rivalry that a lot of people, newer powerlifters won't even know existed. And that's Eric Lillibridge versus Milanichev. Mm-hmm. The oh, hype before big dogs won. You picked the wrong one. It's yeah, good. Our, you picked the wrong one. Uh, Milanovic never threatened to kill Willowbridge. <laughs> There's only one answer, and it's Zahir. It is Zahir, because only one person has ever threatened to kill another competitor. And that was Zahir to Eric Lillibridge. And the people listening that don't know about this missed out on the great... I mean, I actually don't know if... I think Zahir... Did Zahir and Eric only went head-to-head one time at, like, Big Dogs, I believe. That was only one time. But that should have been the greatest rivalry ever if they kept meeting because Zaheer threatened to kill effing kill Eric Lillibridge. Yes, fucking, as Zaheer used to say. Um, but on the actual competitive back and forth, before Big Dog won, Eric Lillibridge totaled his biggest total he ever did at 24.58. Everyone was hyped on Big Dog's one. And then Eric trying to keep up with Milanichev bombs out at 1,003 on squats. So Milanichev takes it, and then Eric comes back in Big Dogs 2 in 2017 and beats 
Milanichev by 20 kilos. And it was, again, the heaviest weight you'll see. Big dogs, which I wish a, a version of big dogs would come back where it's all of the heaviest lifters just on total. And part of what made impressive of Lillibridge and then end up with Yuri doing the same thing of a non-super heavyweight going to big dogs in a total only matters meet. And so I'm going to correct you on one thing. Lillibridge, I'm not disagreeing here. Lillibridge didn't out-total Milanichev there. He out-dotsed him. You are right. I forgot it automatically goes to dots. But, on. but Big Dogs was one of the all-time greats. If we could get Big Dogs back and send, like, Jesus over there, uh, on all, uh, Big Dogs was an amazing meet. Mm -hmm. But I don't disagree because at that time, Zaheer was kind of his own little world. It's just, it's just the fun of him threatening to kill Eric Lillibridge that made it way more fun. But the actual, like, <laughs> thing we were talking about was Lillibridge for Milanichev. And Milanichev, we always saw just every meet, just progressed, made everything look easy, progressed, progressed, progressed. And we always were kind of waiting for Lillibridge to have that huge beat, and he just never peaked well. I mean, Big Dogs too. I think, was the only meet that he really kind of put it all together because he tended just, just to not peak super well. By the way, Steve, I'll give you the pushback. Zaheer and, uh, didn't actually never competed at Big Dogs. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't think Zaheer and – I don't think Zaheer and Lillibridge ever went head to head. Well, Zaheer would they didn't, but you out. are right. Yeah, Animosity wise, that was up there. Yeah, it, he would probably bomb out if he did a meet that was judged by people that were not going to give him automatic white lights. Just, just think, just yeah. But I, I really like that choice there. Um, yeah, and that's kind of one. I mean, I think when I was getting into tour, it was Zaheer and Lillibridge that I was hearing about, but Milana, Kevin Littlebridge was the actual rivalry. Um, and you do have some good, compelling moments there. Um, am I up next? Mm -hmm. Yes. Unless we have yeah. any other takes on this one. Um, I'm going to talk about something that's unrivaled, and that's Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, they are unrivaled when it comes to dropping the best merchandise in powerlifting. Go to leflarbros.com, follow them on Instagram, use promo code 2WL15, ORC15, and Solana15 to save yourself some money and make yourself look good from head to toe in Leflar Bros merchandise. You look good in the comp tees. You look good in the regular graphic tees that they have. They have so many of them, joggers, socks. They got it all. Use that promo code 2WL15 to look good in the gym, out the gym, on the platform, and off the platform. I'm, I'm going to vouch, it says Joey's on here a second time. I don't want to leave him out. CB needs to make Donuts 15 special for this podcast. We just, we just keep, yeah. Donuts so, 15. So do, Donuts 15, CB, we need to make it. Donuts 15. Yeah, do it. Do it, CB. And then also send a fee pick to CB. All right, my yep. pick. I mean, you're talking about animosity, Steve, with Sahir threatening to kill people. I think, because it's the most, the biggest lightning rod in powerlifting. But he never had a person to go up against, so he just picked the entire sport, seemingly. Garrett Fear first high squatters. I don't know what to to do this as, because I want Garrett Fear against people who get gifted lifts at meets. Because is there more of a heated debate or heated rivalry between Garrett Fear going off on a story and then another lifter defending the call that the judges made and defending their records and defending their lifts? There hasn't, and then, you know, you say Zaheer was the only person possibly to threaten to kill someone. Well, Andrew House threw Garrett Fear across the room because of what he said. Garrett Fear is the biggest lightning rod. It's a shame that, you know, it's like you don't really get a rivalry. And also kind of a weird thing here, right? Like, Garrett Fear, high squats, he kind of squats high. It's like a love-hate 
sort of thing. Like that's what he calls people on on, but it's like an inner turmoil battle. Um, but again, powerlifting content alone, Garrett Fear calling out high squatters is always a time. Isn't it great when you see a lift? It's like, uh, okay, that probably shouldn't have counted. And you're just waiting for that little Garrett Fear story icon to pop up. And you're like, all right, here it comes. All right, let's go. Let's go. We're going to have about a week of content. We're going to have maybe a two white lights episode based on this. Yeah, he, did, way, he Angela, did provide. Go ahead. Oh, there was one more person that threatened uh, Garrett. That was Matt Mitchell back at 2019 Tributes, yeah. where Matt then did bomb out after threatening Garrett. Okay. <laughs> Two, all right, so, boom. That's amazing. One, that's that. So, Garrett Fear, that's a win. So that's a that's a W for Garrett uh, in like in the rivalry. It doesn't need to out total anyone. Doesn't need to out dots anyone. All he needs to do is say you fucking squat high, and then a person being like, "I'm gonna beat your ass," and then they squat high and bomb out, and that's like, okay, win for Garrett. He was totally right on that. I think Nick Forte did too. Um, Nick Forte has definitely calmed down <laughs> since that, but uh, well, Nick and, Nick actually shaped up and actually yeah. started really oh burying his I mean, squats. He obviously took he. Yeah, Tom Callis. You guys remember listened. the Tom Callis days? Garrett did a Garrett did a lot. Good. You know, the only thing is that I do agree. Garrett Fear versus High Squatters. Are you about to debate my? Do you know who the original Garrett? <laughs> well, do you know who the original Garrett Fear is? No. Quarter Squat Gang. Oh, Quarter Didn't the guy who make that thing bomb out? He bombed yeah. out on death, and so then he, <laughs> amazing. he quit doing it. <laughs> Yes, he bombed so out on depth, so he stopped. I forgot about that. I dude. actually used to train with that guy in San Francisco, California. I think he's sponsored Dungeon. by Stoic. I, I feel stupid. I don't want to. It's the same guy, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's him. Uh, I didn't I'm know not say his name, but yeah, <laughs> he he bombed out of Boss of Bosses on depth and then disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, I mean, I've seen. He, uh, I think he spots and loads quite a bit at uh, those California meets. So, I, unless I, again, like I, I'm thinking. Quarter squat gain was like again right when I started powerlifting, like, and kind of following pages. I do remember that, but Garrett Fear was kind of like, yeah, he was the he was after it, but I mean it wasn't really Garrett Fear. Like, Garrett Fear never made the post. Garrett Fear always in the stories. It was always in the stories, and I remember it was because it was close to home. Tom Callis, you know, local, you know, Illinois lifter. He had um some, you know. Big time squat records, like when squatting 700 in wraps was massive for an 82 and a half kilo lifter, and like you know, some of them were just high. They were they were just simply high, and that's what kind of started the the whole uh, Garrett Fear calling out high squats. Then it got to Matt Mitchell, got to Nick Forte, Andrew House with his deadlift. Anytime there's a disputed lift. It's uh, it's it's Garrett Fear territory, and that is a fantastic rivalry. Right, my turn. Yep. I'm just gonna take. I'm taking Hack versus Gibbs because we All talked right. about it way too long to not have it on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that that should be picked by now. I mean, like I said, yeah. I'm, I'm putting priority over longevity, but the fact of the matter is, is that's still one of the most legendary matchups of all time, even if it was singular. Like you, you know, I don't know if I want to compare it to Mayweather versus Pacquiao, but like. Mayweather versus Pacquiao one time, but we're always going to talk about Mayweather versus Pacquiao. I mean, Hack versus Gibbs was, I mean, it was it was legendary for what it did for tested powerlifting or powerlifting generals. We only got to see it once. Yeah, yeah. I would compare it to Hagler and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, or no, uh, Hag- yeah, Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard. As it says, like it was one time, but it was just it was it was clinical powerlifting. You know, like you did get to see two people at their peak. 
and you got to see them um, at a high level. You only got to see it once, but you know, something actually that does make for a good rivalry too. Like it, it, at times, like if you only see it once, that is a good rivalry because it, you know, it's good when we're talking about it. Still, same thing with Gruden and Nori. Like Joe, when like Joey with that pick, I really like that pick because there was some beauty to it too. Even though like it wasn't meant to be, but Gruden at Nationals got called for up and down. It was originally lighted. And then there was a challenge call, and it got red-lighted, and Nori ended up taking, you know, third place. Where at Junior Worlds, it was the exact opposite how that worked. It was Sean getting the challenge call overturned, and then Gruden winning. Like, there was an element of beauty to that, but we're still talking about that. It was Junior Worlds, too. And same thing with Hack and Gibbs. We're still talking about it. Go again now? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anxiety trip over. All right, this one might might be debatable, but it's still going, so I'm going to take it. I'm going to go with Ashton Ruska versus Bob Matthews. They're not the same weight class, but Virginia Pro, they went against each other. It was all about dots. Ashton gets first. Bob took third. Megan Nats comes along. We're all thinking Ashton's going to win, and Bob beats him. And now we have Virginia Pro coming in a month, and they're going against each other again. So you can say there's been multiple matchups, and it's happening again. And Brandon Petrie is in a corner very upset. Yeah. I think that well, one's a bit. Brandon's not one, after after next after next year. This could have been a first or second rounder, maybe. Because my issue here is that they're not in the same weight class, and nor were even competing on the same day as nationals. I don't believe they were. Were they competing on the same day? Yeah, they, they were. were. Yes. Okay. Yes. It was a weird thing. I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's premature because now they're in the same weight class. We're finally going to see it. But also, it's now going to be an actual rivalry. I don't know if they considered it a rivalry until now because they were not in the same weight class going against each other. Now it actually is true head to head. Yeah, I would agree with you there. But also, like you said, it's going to be in the future too because we're going to have the the Virginia Pro, but the Arnold Finals too. So the the pro and finals, nationals again. We're well, gonna have three. We're gonna have three in the next year. But like, battles. this is where you are gonna get actual head to head competitions where people who aren't in the same weight classes, stuff like the Virginia Pro and the uh, Pro Finals at the Arnold, because like then you could actually see them compete against each other. Because it is a whole different thing when you're like not uh, in the same flight. You know what I mean? Like, if you're in the same flight, then you're competing against that person head to head, even if it is based on formula. It's not this weird thing. It's like. Someone has a significant advantage over someone else if they're not in the same flight. That was a big thing with the Virginia Pro when they originally were going to do it randomized as opposed to, like, the top people who could win in one flight. That's That was the rationale of, like, not doing it in that fashion. So um, I think maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit premature. And also I, w- I would like to just throw Brandon Petrie in there too because I think once the Arnold Finals rolls around, Ash – I don't know if Petrie – I'm not going to say Petrie's going to win, but I could see him beating one of those guys. I'll put the bet on him beating one of those guys. That's where I'm just keeping it. I mean, in USAPL, I'm probably always going to keep it weight class-based because we have that. Yeah. The untested side, we just don't have it. So there's there, there's no way like, – we just can't even do weight classes really on that side. I mean, that's it's just it – doesn't doesn't happen. USAPL and IPF, we do. So I, I guess I'm just, I'm putting a little bit more stock on that, which, again, I agree. I think by the end of this year, that could be one of the top 
five rivalries of all time because we're going to see them go head to head three times in the same weight class. Yeah. Is it my turn? For the foreseeable future. Yeah. Angela, what, what? Uh, this is breaking. This is, this is breaking news. Um, actually, I don't know if I'm going to, I could even say all of this. This is not my actual pick, but gauge first corrupted strength. It would be a fantastic one right now. Um, you guys have been following. Gage's is that more stories. breaking news? I already thought I knew about that. Hey guys, Angelo Fortino here. We'll get back to the draft in a short amount of time, but we've been advised by Gage Carrion's legal team, and yes, Gage in fact does have a legal team to not disclose the information contained in the original recording of this podcast. We are just doing our best to protect our sweet Gage. Now, back to the draft. Other developments uh, to be said, but I'm going to go with a really broad one. Natty versus unnatty lifters. Best rivalry in powerlifting. Half broad. Very broad. Natty versus half natty, you mean. <laughs> okay. That too, I guess. But well, how, 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 what it, what it, what's the, the correct terminology for untested? What 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 do we refer to? Untested, that? I guess. Untested versus test, untested powerlifting. Is is untested okay? Is is that okay to say or is is that like Yeah, are we yeah, we are we yeah, we uh you know m- giving you non proper pronoun. I don't know. We just got it. We want, we want to make sure we don't want to upset anyone, but yeah, I think the actual, like that is a rivalry in powerlifting because there's always some debate that goes on and there's always just that closeted shit talk that happens between the two people. Uh, granted, I think it's more the natty lifters actually talking shit about the, you know, non natty lifters and the untested side of powerlifting because like, okay, we don't need any steroids and drugs to get this. And then all of like, you know, your Dan Bells just think that we're twinks. And you get the good, and then also with the equipment differences as well, that's where I think it actually gets really heated, where it's like, okay, the deadlift bar is fucking stupid, the squat bar is stupid, and the 24-hour weigh-ins is stupid. And then it's where you actually get arguments and battles between the two. And it, it seems like the untested side always wants to do like a meet. It's like, let's get all the best tested lifters versus the untested lifters and see how it goes. I'm like, okay, you guys really want to prove something here. I don't think it's a very fair competition for obvious reasons but yeah i think that uh that that rivalry will last the test of time it still exists but joey you can confirm or deny i think i know the answer it was more heated back in like 2018 ish because it it was all about like untested was for the lifters and like usapl were money grabbers and then it's kind of shifted to where i think the untested side's been like yeah i mean raw nats is just way better than anything we do like we we, we got to stop talking crap because they've got their stuff together and we just keep screwing it up like i, I think it's i i do believe it's it's kind of shifted to an extent it still exists but it's shifted to where i see a lot more untested lifters being like yeah yeah like we just can't get our crap together and then usapl just keeps dominating us yeah i, I think on the untested side the split ipf and usapl was the best thing mentally for a lot of untested lifters being, oh, USAPL's fine. I think a lot of the animosity and shit talk like in 2018 was stuff that the IPF would do that everyone would blame the USAPL and say the USAPL doesn't care even if it was an IPF action. But I will say even on the side of just non-USAPL or Power mm-hmm. to America federations, even on the tested side it exists. I mean, at my gym, we have a lot of uh, drug-tested USPA lifters and every, every time it's like, oh, why are, the, why are the USAPL kids doing X, Y, and Z? And I always think it's funny because as a USPA lifter that has a lot of respect for the other end of the coin, I, I just think a lot of the, the back and forth is comical when 
I'll bash my own federation for a second when a like 370 DOS can get you in a drug test in nationals in the USPA. Like you can, you can look at that objectively and say, okay, the USAPL is doing something right. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Yeah, not, and Untested has had so many, like in the sense of like, they've been so close so many times to unifying themselves so close. And then something always happens. And then the current goes a- downhill <laughs> and then the tribute goes downhill. And then the, where, where and then the showdown. I don't know. Well, showdown. The showdown. Now, and now it's the, the American pro, pro and maybe pro. maybe the pro. American pro can be the one. But I mean, yeah, we all know what happens every single time. Money and ego gets in the way in the untested side a lot. Mainly ego. Everyone wants to be the person that's running the big meets. It's one of my biggest frustration on the untested side is instead of just putting all the chips on the meat that can bring everyone together. It's the pride and ego of I need to be the run that one that brings this big meat together versus just, okay, this is good for the sport. Beautifully said there. I agree. But um, the good thing is, like I said, like, I don't even want to call this. I mean, obviously me and Angelo are a bit USAPL elitist or or Natty elitist. But the good thing is I feel like untested has started to be aware of like how dysfunctional they are in comparison. And that because I don't think they were as much in 2018 and 19. It was it was more of like a, both sides just thought they were better, and now I think it's been aware of like we just we really got to find a way to get our crap together. Maybe they do, we'll see. But as long as there's two different pro series on the USPA side that's not run by the USPA, that's run by other people, and then there's the WRPF PPS. Has anyone been seeing stuff about PPC? Has anyone been seeing about that? Like, yeah, I mean, I remember is there, it was is there, another, it was... is there another meet that everyone's got to do to win the PPC money right now? I don't even know how that works. Yeah. I think the PPC finals is a thing, but I think it's just another money meet now that isn't a requirement right. by any means. Yeah. Wow. So. And last that. I heard it held like 30 lifters, if that. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean. No. Yeah. It's. Uh, That's rough. Well, yeah. Tested for sun tested. I think a good rivalry in powerlifting. Who's up next? Joey. My go. Yep. All right. I'm going to go back to the my start of powerlifting in the 2014 to 2018 range. And Steve may say I'm picking the wrong people within this weight class range as well. But I'm going to go Garrett Blevins versus Eli Burks in the 105 weight class. Back, They competed four times between 2014 and 2018 with the last battle, them tying on total and Eli winning on body weight at 2018 Ron Nats. And there was oh. a couple, again, um, you could add Bryce Lewis in that category as well at the same time, as well as Christoph Wurzbecki. Uh, the 105s were a kind of a four-headed dragon at the time of rate lifters, but I really liked the back and forth between Eli Burks and Garrett Blevins. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with that because, like I said, you could you could pick Garrett versus Bryce. You could pick Bryce versus Kristoff. There's a there's I don't think there's a wrong answer there because they all were pretty darn even in the amount of times they went head to head. But yeah, I agree. I mean, Garrett Blevins and Eli Burks are kind of names that a lot of people listening to the podcast might not even know because. I mean, Garrett, I think people might know him more from his involvement in Juggernaut AI and Evolve AI versus being like one of the top lifters. But yeah, Eli Burks and Garrett Blevins, that was an incredible battle for years. Yeah, I mean, I'm so going to be I honest. Can't dis- I, I, can't, I can't disagree. Yeah, no recollection of it at all. Same. <laughs> but you described it very well. I am now curious about this. It's funny that I have a podcast about powerlifting. It's just, it's Angela, insane. didn't you compete in 2018? <laughs> well, I competed in 2018, but I was competing in the APF. So, and I was yeah. kind of starkly so. anti USAPL too. Like I was that guy who was like, I don't really need to compete in USAPL. Fuck them. I'd rather compete in the USPA. If 
Revisionist history. If USAPL Nationals wasn't held in Lombard, Illinois, I possibly would have held off on the USAPL for about two more years. And now I'm the I have no USAPL elitist. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna use this to segue into mine because while I agree that was an amazing battle, there is one in that same weight class I would have picked prior. And the reason being, since Angelo and Solana don't know even know about these battles, there was one issue with that 105 class during that time. There's a reason Bryce Lewis went up to that class. It was disproportionately less competitive. It, it wasn't a bit like you had Garrett and Eli and Bryce, but if you're looking at kind of like, let, let's say coefficient score or just like I me, mean, it, it's one of the reasons why at one point the qualifying total for that weight class, I think was lower than the 93s. It wasn't a very stacked class and disproportionately, even the national champions, like a lot of the 93s could likely go up and, and possibly challenge easily for a national title. It wasn't until you got Ashton and Bryce going head to head that the 105s kind of became one of the cream of the crop divisions in all of tested powerlifting to where now arguably, I mean, 105s to 110s may be the best division in all of powerlifting and the most stacked division, not yeah. just like depth wise, but like legit, like dots wise and like competitive and comparatively like total. That was thanks. That was thanks to Ashton and Bryce. That's when it got elevated, and I think Ashton elevated the possibility of kind of what Bryce thought he had to do. Because I mean, Bryce was kind of on the same level with Garrett and Eli. Bryce actually took a year off, which was the best thing he could have done. And that's I think that's the final battle between Eli and Garrett. You're talking about was when Bryce took that year off. Eli, I think, yeah. won, went to Worlds. Um, Bryce came back, and that's when we saw him in 2019 versus Ashton, when we thought it was a runaway. Ashton's going to win it. Bryce wins maybe one of the biggest upsets in powerlifting history based off of kind of like the hype going in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Celine was maybe an upset over Natalie this year, but that was a plausible scenario. I don't think hardly any of us were thinking Bryce had a chance for Ashton. Um, we didn't get to see the matchup again in 2020, but I assume it would have been close. Then we got to see it in 2021 and it was still close. Ashton won it, but it, I mean, Bryce was in it the whole time. We had it, we were a couple of missed lifts away from it com completely being swung. And honestly, I think if Bryce had stuck around and not switched weight classes, he'd still be right in the mix there. I, I, he, he's right there with them. Um, I think that not only was an amazing rivalry because of the upset and then the comeback from Ashton to win in 2021, but honestly, the elevation it took to that 105 class because it, it, it took the 105 class from being one of the weaker divisions in tested powerlifting to arguably the strongest division. I mean, that, that's a good rivalry, and I have it on my list, so I, I can't argue the pick. I am going to kind of segment that I just realized. I You could actually put this as a rivalry. I didn't technically realize you could. David Wilson versus Ashton Ruska. Wilson oh, yeah. beat Ashton by one pound in 2018 Nats, and now four years later, obviously, Wilson was in, within 50 pounds in a crazy pull of beating Ashton four years later in a 40-pound heavier weight class. Mm -hmm. That, that was on my list too. The only difference is the fact of just like, I would say if you could take the two times they competed, Ashton and Bryce were closer in those two times than Dave and Ashton were, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you too. Like going into 2019 Nationals, watching Bryce Lewis win and just being like kind of stunned. And the fact that Ashton got third at that meet was big. And I think that did set the stage for the 2021 um, battle they had in Daytona, which that was one of the things people were viewing. Was that was Ashton first Bryce and it was clear it was it wasn't a it wasn't a weight class thing it was a clear head to head matchup between the two who's gonna have the better meet of um, the two of them and it was Ashton who came up on top and that was yeah I think definite rivalry and I mean I think it was more felt on Ashton's side um, knowing a little bit more personally just wanting to avenge that loss 
because he really wore that loss. Like he had a long time to wear that because you have twenty, um, yeah, twenty nineteen Raw Nationals. He had a hell of performance at the Grand Prix, but then COVID happens, and he doesn't get that chance to redeem himself up until twenty twenty one. And I think that played a part in it. And then Bryce Lewis, though, you know, having him on the podcast, it seems like he was, he just wasn't really like into the actual like head-to-head competition of course he would want to win he wanted to improve himself but like it seemed more of action like okay i gotta avenge this loss against this guy and then after that like okay i'm gonna go up 120 or something i'm gonna go up 110 and then they open up weight classes where Ashton could you know freely do what he wanted to do does that conclude yep well do we want to do a fifth round do we want to do a fifth round i can do a fifth round if you want to or we can cut it I say we because we're an hour 18 in do you want to go greatest hits maybe honorable mentions okay let's let's speed through it maybe because I got a lot of stupid ones yeah, I want to fucking unleash. Let, let's go. Let's go. Let's go through one more round because I think we can. Okay, I gotta. And think about then this we'll one do then. a speed round of ones. Shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Who's starting? Okay. That? Uh, it's you again. I I got it's I got one again. more. I'm debating this one. There's three I'm debating between, and I think I gotta go with one that honest. Again, I'm gonna go. It was multi uh, nationals. I think it maybe went. Uh, I don't know if it went to worlds or not. I have to go look again. Uh, but this was. This was a incredibly important rivalry and friendly rivalry that grew the sport. Ellis McLean versus Lane Norton. Again, Ooh. I forgot about this one. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, again, uh, I I had to pull it all up, but I think they went head to head through four or five times in that weight class, and Ellis was kind of like the guy when Lane got in there. Yeah, and then Lane started picking it up and beat him a couple times. Um, that, that was, that was kind of like the OG rivalry on the men's side. If we're, if we're talking about 2014 to 2016, 17, that was the OG rivalry because they, they were kind of, I, I don't call them the face of USAPL, but Lane Norton brought a lot of people into powerlifting, especially USAPL. And so when you got brought in, including myself, uh, Angelo got brought in like three years after Lane was even popular. So he was just bandwagoning it mm-hmm. but for all of us people that we got brought in from the bodybuilding side to the usapl side a lot of it was from lane and so the first thing we knew about was lane versus ls that that was the that was the og rivalry we all knew about yeah that's a br- pretty good selection there Me, okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna go from the opposite of uh the blevins eli burks pick where it was back uh before a lot of people would remember it i'm gonna go a probably extreme recency one because i wasn't necessarily prepared for a fifth round and I'm going to go Jonathan Keiko versus Chance Mitchell. I think it's a great one. Yeah, I think it's it, going to keep going. Yeah, I think it's a good one, and it's especially gonna, that weight class is solid. Yeah, and I mean, between 2021, where Chance got fourth place, to um, PLA Nationals, where you could tell Chance was starting to catch Keiko, but Keiko still was doing enough to put the dagger in Chance every chance he got, to Worlds, obviously, where Chance – pulled some of the gutsiest moves I've seen and had the meat of his life to pull ahead of Keiko with potentially a missed attempt selection by Keiko at the end of the meet um, or his hand were more likely um, with just a dramatic fashion. And I, I think it's going to continue. And I think if it's not one of the top rivalries in the past, it definitely is going to be in the future. Yeah. And you, you can say this one went for a while to an extent. It just was chance was pretty far behind Keiko. I mean, they, they've been competing in the same weight class at nationals and Arnold and all that kind of stuff for a while. Now it was just Keiko always was kind of out in front. Now chance has closed the door. I mean, we very might, well might see this again at Sheffield. Uh, 
I, however, Gaston's American Federation decides Worlds teams. Maybe we see them at Worlds again. I don't know. But yeah, I agree. I, I, that's, I think it's a great pick. I mean, that could have gone a lot earlier and I wouldn't have complained because I think that's, that's, that could, that's probably on the men's side the best rivalry of this year. Yeah, I think that, like it's not considered more of a rivalry because um, Keiko had to beat so many other people. Like it seems like he has a different person every year. Like that he's that could be a rival to him. That's how stacked the ninety threes are. Um, I think going into Daytona, we were thinking uh, we were thinking more Borker, but it turned out to be Gavin. And then with Worlds, it was Gustav. And then with this time, it was Chance. Like he's he has. We can go back to twenty nineteen, Charlie Dixon. Yeah, he, he's kind of chances. If I, going around, into that meet, though, was kind of Keiko's had the same person multiple times. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure, and I think, and I think that would be the one that sticks because you know, Chance is a dog, and Keiko clearly doesn't back down from competition ever. Like he just is going to keep on going. So it's it's almost like a perfect storm from that. Um, is it my turn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think this possibly could have been picked a bit earlier. It might be a little bit of narcissism here, but um, Angelo Fortino versus the anime community in powerlifting. Uh, I mean. It's it pained me to put on that shirt. It was hard. It was a, it was a really was it hard or were you? It hard? looked like you liked it. I there was there was no joy on my face after pulling seven seventy seven. Zero joy. From I saw it. it. No, you didn't. I've <laughs> seen what joy on your face looks like. Trust me, and that's what it looked like. <laughs> what? It's the same face. That's your vinegar strokes. When you were pulling that, that's your vinegar strokes. It's a very unattractive vinegar, vinegar stroke where I just straight face the entire time. I was like, okay, I'm done. That's uh, that's. Horrifying. Angela, do you still have the shirt? Do you I still do. have yes. it? Yeah. That's gonna go in two white lights archives because it is a content related thing, and we could possibly sell that for a lot of money. And based on how fucking weird anime fans are, they might buy it. I don't know. They're strange people. But, yeah, I think me going back and forth the anime community, I didn't expect it to get into a certain way. But there's a powerlifting anime community that doesn't like me. It could be the burner accounts. I don't know. It could I could have upset some anime enjoyers on the other side, and they created a burner account for me. I got into a whole day's worth of back and forth with anime fans on Still Nutting. That's the handle that... Apparently, my joke was too far, saying anime sucks. Actual quote, all I said was anime sucks. And that turned into a shitstorm from the meme page, still nutting. I thought I thought everything was on the table when your handle is still nutting. So I might have taken it overboard, but whatever. Um, I actually agree. When you post, when you post very subjective anime pictures of, like, 14 year old right. girls and your name's still nutting i would very much think everything is on the cards as well yeah i thought i thought when i got on the story and said oh i go back to hating anime you go back to obsessing over 14 year old anime girls i thought he would find it funny he did not appreciate my humor and nor did anime fans Does that guy still posts probably i don't follow the page oh he does of course he does why wouldn't he i haven't seen i haven't seen it in a while <laughs> why would you take down that account <laughs> This is so. There's this no reason. So, like this has to be, this has to be one of Evan Cardone's favorite pages. Uh, I'm bothered by how many people I follow that I just realized follow this page. I didn't know this page existed. Um, <laughs> Someone mentioned me in a I, comment, I, and I thought it was. I thought everything was on the table as far as making jokes. I thought it was. A, yeah, it, I mean, it it, it should be. I thought it, it was a 100 should be when you post this kind of stuff. You are open to any and all jokes. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think I. I mean, it gets bought up every week or so that, you know, someone who likes anime and um, friendly rivalry and a, a, a fierce rivalry. I think it started with Nico Flores. 
too. Like, um, you know, we I made fun of Nico listening to anime music while he lifted, and it just took on a life of its own. So, yeah, that's my that's my uh, last pick. Yeah, I have a lot of friends following this page. Ew. <laughs> oh, and I'm gonna want to get the. You guys are gross. guys are gross. They're weird. Block all people who follow this page that follow me as well. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, the block list is some people you you might want to block this page, like still not any page just in general because <laughs> it's a very disturbing place. Oh, Got it. Honestly, I might. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a special <laughs> page. That's disturbing. Yeah, but I'm okay, weird, right? I'm the jerk. Whatever. I want no judgment for my last pick. Well, it's gonna happen. I'm going. When you say that, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for it now. I love that. I love when it's prefaced. One that. time, one time rivalry: Ashton versus Keenan Lee. Are you gonna just pick Ashton for like all of your picks, or? <laughs> I mean, Ashton yeah. Keenan Lee. All right. Um, I don't <laughs> no, know about that coming. one. Yeah. No. I mean, it could be. Again, <laughs> you guys got, forced me to do a fifth round is, pick. I told you is, I was not prepared this for This is it. a ploy by the USAPL. You're on the USAPL. No. No. You are on the USAPL. Honestly, honestly, you want to know the fifth round pick. Honestly, you want to know the one I'm disappointed you didn't take. Now I'm disappointed you didn't find. It's honestly one of the great rivalries, and I almost took this instead of Lane versus LS. Susie Gary versus Marissa Enda. Again, I was. That's that was one. Of, that that was one of the mind. great. That was one of the great female rivalries in the in the earlier USAPL Nationals. I mean, Marissa and Susie went back to back year after year after year. Honestly, uh, Marissa and Tina was kind of back to back for a while too. Tina Tornado, but Susie versus Marissa. That was a really good one. Um, I, I'm gonna say Solana, you're go you're on the USAPL's payroll. You are trying to promote USAPL South Korea. You are trying to do it. There's a meet coming up. I think Keenan Lee is actually competing at it along with Russ and Weez. Um but yeah, I, I think I think that was a that was an ad. That was a USAPL ad for USAPL South Korea. And how dare you? How dare you Exactly. How dare you do that for the USAPL? Even though we're U, still pro USAPL. I don't want to get suspended. She she did a lot of she friends did of the podcast are getting though. So I therefore did. I like her more than Angelo still. Okay. Did we get confirmation? Can Keenan do run ads this year? He got out of me tested. Probably not. No. It's still no way, right? He got out OMT'd in America. He got OMT'd. Yeah, but he he got OMT'd as USAPL whatever. But he's not. He is USAPL career. I don't know. I mean, I'm wrong. I might but be he wrong does, there. We, he we need to find a way for international lifters to be able to compete in the pro series. That's that's the yeah. biggest thing. Well, he's a different different case because he's um he's a citizen in both nations. So I believe he's a U.S. citizen. Could be wrong on that. I, I would. I think Ashton told me he was. So, yeah. Because that'd be huge. The 110 class would be nuts if Keenan actually could come over and join the party with Bob he, and Ashton. He will get an invite to the Arnold, though, but it won't be the finale. Okay, that's okay. not... That's anticlimactic, but all right. Um, yeah. And that was the last pick? Yep. Yes. Okay. You want to rattle off some um, IPF for Japanese I'll... people, IPF for uh, women's rights, uh, IPF for social media posting, uh, Richard Cho for sauna or portable sauna. My mistake. A portable sauna. Um, Gage carry on for the Asian community. It's a lot you can pick from, as far as satirical goes. Uh, collegiate 
live stream nationals uh, off air versus Angelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, or you and- could do Mike Zelensky versus Angelo. He follows me now, which, I mean, all you got to do is say good things and they'll follow. But, uh, yeah, it could have been Mike Zelensky first, Angelo. Uh, um, Midland first, individualized programming. Steve versus Monica. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Actually, it would have been a – actually, Derek Thistleway first, Jamal Browner, if they would ever meet in competition. Because Derek Thistleway will not stop talking shit, and it's – I fucking love – he's the most entertaining guy in powerlifting. Jamal, you're probably going to get mad at me. I did still. have that written down. <laughs> yeah, it, it never happened. They never compete against each other, but, like, Derek just will not stop, and it's fucking priceless. I mean, after one more battle, uh, Agatha and Bittner will probably be up there. I just wouldn't do it after one yes. battle. We did not show a lot of international love here. I want to point that out. No international love. <laughs> not that they care. Yeah, we listen. did. Oh, you mean to oh to international lifters? Oh yeah, we, yeah, we did, did Gibbs. No. We did Gibbs and Ross. I mean, we of course threw American in there, but I think Leah and well, Kalora could be something, but not really. But here's here's why though, to an extent, because they can only meet usually once a year. Yeah, that makes because they're all from different countries. And in, the, in yeah. the U.S., we, they meet sometimes two or three times a year competing, so it happens a lot more often. And second, we're we're kind of a U.S. podcast. Uh, no, we, it's kind of, I are. think that's kind of a thing we do. Like we're kind of American. We are American. Like hashtag America. We are probably, but no, I think there is some, I, I, I have a, more IPF ones on here, but the issue is they just don't compete very frequently mm-hmm. because they only meet once a year. Yeah. Are we, are we doing, are we doing rundowns? Do we want me to do my rundown of all mine? Go ahead. Okay. Bryce versus Christoph. We already talked about that one. Bryce versus Garrett Blevins, Anatoly versus Emil. One I almost debated, because so I was between this and Lane and LS and Susie and Marissa, Taylor Atwood versus Kale Backlund. Um, yeah. That was one of the only people Taylor ever lost to, and then he got his redemption at 2019 Worlds, I believe. Ray versus Jezza Uepa, even if it was never even close. Uh, I would say Ray versus McCunny Kelly versus Michael Brand. Charles- Right. Say? Ray versus Kelly Michael Brand. That was always kind of like built up. Jezza you mean uh, versus Jezza. Redacted? Yeah. yeah. Jezza was always yeah. Jezza was always closer to Ray, though. But also, Jezza should be redacted, too, because I'm pretty sure Jezza posted pictures of vials and needles on his story at one time and then deleted it or something. Honestly, the better one, if you're talking about Ray, is Ray versus Blaine Sumner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If people that... didn't know, Blaine Sumner did beat Ray at Nationals one year. And if Blaine would have stayed... Raw, that probably would have been epic year after year. Uh, well, quick question on Jezza: Did he blame Canadian protein for his vials? No, he blamed. Where's Jezza from? Actual steroids. Where's Jezza from? I, I don't know. One of the one of the countries that don't test. <laughs> but our that would have yeah, would have really helped that uh, joke if I would have knew where Jezza was from. Atwood versus at, people forget Atwood versus Blake LeHue was kind of Sean Noriega versus Russ esque. You always thought LeHue had a chance, but he just never put it together at nationals. Um, uh, Marissa Enda versus Liz Craven, uh, Walfer versus versus Bittner, uh, Marissa Enda versus Tina, Walfer versus Anna Rosa Castiglione, Joy Namani versus Marissa Enda, Noemi versus Shakuza Rico, uh, I had Bittner versus Agata. One that really should have been talked about too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one took uh, Chandler Babb versus Marta Kenner. That's become that two years in a row that they first and second at Worlds and were close battles. Mm-hmm. And then on that untested side, 
I had Jamal versus Grigsby simply from deadlift for going single lift because I'm reaching for straws here. And then Shakira versus Mariana and Hunter Henderson versus Sam Rice. Yeah, Hunter Hunter Henderson for Sam Rice was a really good battle. I mean, I guess he goes single lift sub, Joe Sullivan and Andy Wong. Or not um, Andy Wong. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Wong. Jordan Wong. I got fucking... Jordan Wong. I I'm, got, sur- I'm surprised. Here. I know of another one you had and you didn't say it, and that was one of my favorites. What? Joe Sullivan versus any lift that's not squat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was also shocked you didn't say that one. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't... I, I mean, that's not really... Because I, I, he once did pretty solid but they haven't progressed since um there's a few satirical ones that i was thinking that i i i I've actually just completely slipped my mind again uh richard show for taylor atwood if richard show actually progresses well um that would have actually might have been a rivalry i don't like when people say perkin atwood is a rivalry just yet because like i would like to see an actual close battle between the two and, like, more head-to-head bat- matchups. Like, they did go twice, which, I don't know, I, I, uh, maybe, maybe. But it was clear that Perk wasn't going to be Atwood at 2019, but that's one that was bought up, I think, on the USAPL's page, right? The USAPL put that one? It was Perk versus Atwood? That was one they chose, like, as a graphic? I'm not sure. It was it was Russ, Nori, Celine, uh, Natalie, and I think Russ and – or uh, Atwood and Perk. And I'm like, eh, maybe I would have put Daniela and uh, Lawrence there just for – well, actually, Amanda Lawrence does not like when the USAPL. Oh well, no, she wants when the USAPL posts her. But Amanda Lawrence first power rankings. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's 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 a solid one. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of I mean there's there's a lot of rivalries you could pick from there. Heather Connor versus Flying, Gavin versus Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there's those two uh <laughs> but french yeah, lifters get... versus hiding slingshots under their suits um french french lifters versus standing up right in a squat yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a good now. one um nori power lifters versus carpet yeah it always it always seems like they complain about the carpet and it's always like from they guest on Gaston versus lifting weights. Yeah. There's a, there's a big... IPF versus high arches. Yeah. There's... There you go. And eventually... No, IPF oh, versus Instagram fact, people make it. I, do you want me to give you some breaking news? We have, I haven't said public yet because I've been waiting on it. Yeah, give me it. I shared... I have under... I told news. you this. I have under good accord... Oh, yeah. You very good that. accord. That Gaston has said his next thing is he wants to uh, change sumo. He wants oh, to God. Uh, make a max, supposedly a maximum uh, width foot stance allowed because yes. sumo is too cheating. I'm all for it. Um, I'm going that to is coming, that is coming from take... Gaston's mouth, and I have I have very 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 good intel that that did occur. I am going. You can't even get egregiously wide on a stiff bar. Like it's not like a kabuki double bar where you, yes you can get egregiously wide. It's a stiff bar. Yeah. No, because Gaston hasn't lifted a weight himself. Yeah. So well, you know, it's know. it's it's he IPF it's it's IPF versus the Instagram comments, but they do love Instagram comments. So I guess it's not a rivalry because they listen to all of them, which is crazy. I did not think they would actually listen to like a comment section, but you know that's why I argue to disable these things, just because who knows what happens? Who knows what impact? Imagine if Gaston was reading the Corrupted Strength Classics uh, fucking section there, and it was just. 
Aaron, 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 where's Aaron, where's Aaron, where's Aaron? And then they're like, we got to sign this Aaron girl. Sounds like a good power lifter. I don't know why I gave Gaston a, a slightly southern accent there because he probably has the opposite <laughs> of that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, he, he probably did that. Uh, so rivalries, we probably missed some. Let us know. We could do this again. Hopefully more rivalries happen in the sport of powerlifting in the near future. Unless anyone else has something to add, I think we can call Dude, it a commercial night. gym story. Let's do it. All right. All right, let's pull it up. You know what's funny? I've been trying to, like, end end the show before you share these original game stories. Like, every time. I forgot last time. I I forgot last time. I was like, all right, I got to pass them. Because sometimes I like them. Sometimes I'm like, you'd ruin my night. Okay, do it. So, I did not train this lady. My manager did. And I honestly don't remember the full extent of the story because this uh, this, this was 10 years ago. But uh, he, he would egg her on to get more of these stories each time because she had been apparently abducted by aliens 50 plus times and been probed. And she agreed to this because the aliens had told her they were eventually coming to take over the world. And if she agreed to these probings, she would be saved and made one of like the leaders if she was part of these probings for the aliens. And she would give Checks like... Out. Anytime he would, he, every session he would ask about them, and she'd give like detailed stories about these probings and exactly what they did to her and like where she was abducted and what they looked like, all that kind of stuff. The same way, also, her husband was impotent. Um, so she would have sex with the UPS driver while her husband watched. Oh, I thought that's why she was getting probed. No, the nothing would happen. Probing was to save her from when the aliens came to take us over. That's the what she told the UPS her husband. That's my watch because going. he couldn't get hard. Yeah, that's what she that's what she told her husband. He was just getting probed. What? The UPS driver was probing her. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the husband watched. Yeah. He, he was a cuck before cucking existed. Who knows when cucking first originated? I don't know. I don't know the history <laughs> on that one. I feel like the internet told us about how that works. Um I really actually want to believe now that she lied to her husband and said she was getting probed by aliens. Because he was impotent. Like, I now I like that story more. The one that I made up that's not true. Aside, yeah, and, and the cuck-holding part, I, I could always do without. All right, that was a solid one, though. I like that in in ways. It's always so disturbing. Like, I get disturbed every time you hear these. All right, well. You're welcome. I mean, that's what I'm somewhat going for is is what level of disturbed can I get to? Yeah, it's no surprise when we have the listener retention rate on this, like, it's still like you get it, but there's a significant dip. But I want to know who wants to listen to it every single time. You want to meet those type of people. They're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like you got the powerlifting fans. You get the powerlifting fans. Then boom, you get the Steve after dark. We got to give them a hashtag. Hashtag commercial gym. Yeah. Commercial, commercial gym. No. Uh, yeah. Com- commercial gym enjoyer. Commercial gym enjoyer hashtag share or it. We know you're you're a C- true two white lights listener. Oh, or CGS enjoyer, commercial gym enjoyer, commercial gym story enjoyer. We can do that. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Two White Lights. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Joey Bagadonis, for coming on Two White Lights yet again. Hopefully, I have you on again sometime. Solana, always a thank you. Our most official, unofficial co-host. Peace.